Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Now we'll have a Bible reading uh, from Marquise, uh, from Genesis. Now hear this scripture, Genesis 11, one through nine, and Acts two, one through 13. Genesis 11, one through nine. All people on the earth had one language and the same words. When they traveled east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and make them hard. They used bricks and stones and asphalt for mortar. They said, come, let's build for ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky and let's make a name for ourselves so that we won't be dispersed all over the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the humans had built. And Lord said, there is now one people, and they all have one language. This is what they have begun to do, and now all that they plan to do will be possible for them. Come, let's go down and mix up their language so that they won't understand each other's language. Then the Lord dispersed them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. Acts 2, 1 through 8. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven like a howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire aligning, uh, alighting on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in others' language as the Spirit enabled them to speak. They were uh, pious uh, Jews from the nation under the heaven uh, living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were misfired, they were mis- mystified, excuse me, because everyone heard them speaking in the native language. They were surprised and amazed saying, look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galeans, uh, every one of them, how then can each of us hear them speaking in a native language? The word of God for the people of God. Wow, Park Avenue, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. You called me home, Park Avenue. Deep calls to deep 
and we call out to you in this moment, God. We call out to you to recognize our home as we anticipate coming back to physical presence. I want to say that our home, our home is here. Our home is where we find you, God. Whether that be in the mountains or on the cliffs, our home is where we make meaning with you, God. I want to acknowledge that our church rests on Muscogee Creek territory, home, home to first peoples, a home. As we come home to you in this moment, God, let us see you. And in the best way that we can, forget ourselves for a bigger picture of you. We ask this in Jesus' name, our Black Messiah. Amen. The beacons are lit, Park Avenue. The beacons are lit. Of course, as we mentioned before, this is a reference to J.R.R. Tolkien's classic, The Lord of the Rings. Now, I, I have to admit that I had to go back and really get into this world of Middle Earth um, for this sermon series. Don't get me wrong, super LOTR fans out there. I am a super fan in general. Um, this one just kind of missed me a little. I, I feel like I have to like give my resume. I, I promise you I'm a fantasy fan. I'm a super fan, right? I voraciously read Game of Thrones twice, all the way through all five of those books with that double R named author. I love The Hobbit, Watership Down, Chronicles of Narnia. Okay, I'm here, but it was just Lord of the Rings somehow missed me. So when we design our sermon series, we do this in collaboration. We do this on purpose to reach more voices, more people. Um, and so I consented in the meeting to this creative team that was calling out, the beacons are lit. Right, but I, I really honestly didn't know the reference then. And that's okay for those of us who are catching up. I wanna give us like a little explanation, okay? You're, you're right here, we're, we're coming home, right? Lord of the Rings is set in this time, in this place of Middle Earth, in an allegorical and fantastical distant past when the world was populated by hobbits Elves, dwarves, trolls, goblins, ants, warks, wargs, orcs, and of course humans, kings, prophets, and wizards. This story has so many characters, and some of them with strangely familiar names like Saruman and Sauron. The nuances and plot and geography, it was just really hard to comprehend in just watching the movies, so I had to do a deep dive. The movie portrays this quest to destroy what is called the Ring of Power, forged to subsume the power of the many rings, power that had been dispersed between humans, elves, and dwarves. Power's corrupting influence is one of the most prominent themes of this epic story. The Ring of Power corrupts all who carry it. Our hero, Frodo Baggins, carries it bearing this burden he does it well for one so underestimated as a small hobbit. 
the specific part of the story where the beacons are lit is a turning point in the narrative. It, it calls as it is this rally call for help. The siege of Gondor is happening and help is needed to defeat the corrupt army of Sauron created by Saruman. You see the confusion here, right? But now it's a little bit more clear, perhaps in your mind, as I say, the beacons are lit. This is a call out. This is a light unto the world. And I think this is, this is what we can be here in Pentecost. We're in this season, arguably the most dynamic and exciting, while simultaneously problematic season uh, in church history. At this time in the church calendar, we often read from the book of Acts. Perhaps we can read into this journey and the Acts of the Apostles as a beacon of Christ's power and radical vision of love moving into the world in order to spread this liberating message. It's a powerful rally call. And I must say, yet, in the world in which we now exist, we know that this life-giving message, this radical vision was co-opted. It paired with empire. Tolkien was right. Power is corrupting. So I say in this season is problematic because today the message of the book of Acts and this time of our church history, power joined with empire with nefarious motives, a power that combined with strategy was used to rationalize the Crusades, colonization, Christian supremacy took root and was paired with the pseudoscience of the, ninth, the 17th century to rationalize white supremacy. We could perhaps see the roots here. We must today be a different kind of beacon, one that calls us back toward incorruptible righteousness, responsible self-awareness. We must be reformers like Jesus. We must be beacons. The beacons are lit. And incidentally, or maybe not, as we talk about being honest about historical wrongs in order to be a beacon of truth and righteousness, some of you know where I'm headed. This week in Georgia, school officials passed a resolution condemning critical race theory. I don't want to go off here, but I just might. Educating our children about the histories of the subjugation and enslavement of Black people, of Native people, and telling the truth about our history is the only way to move forward, to learn to confront systems of injustice. I am beside myself with disappointment and anger about the thoughtlessness of this example of what I like to call historical white amnesia in action. We must face down this history in our country and in our theology because domination was not the vision of the radical brown messiah from a marginalized community. And this is our mantle that we have been passed today. We have to acknowledge, we cannot speak about Pentecost without 
and spreading the Christian way without acknowledging it as a tool of oppression. We must take this cup of our history and learn it and know it in order to work toward the redemption of not just ourselves, but our whole faith. Taking back the narratives of domination and subjugation to be replaced with equity, fairness, integrity, justice, justness, and the loving presence of a real faith that would never tell someone they were wrong for being who God made them to be or being themselves, whether that be in their faith or their sexual orientation. You see where I'm headed now. This beacon is calling out today on the first Sunday of pride as well. <laughs> Pentecost overlaps with pride. It's like my favorite time of the year. Uh, this is June. Happy pride, y'all. So if you, like me, have an understanding of the church developed with eyes wide open to the problematic mutations of Christianity today, then I say let's get free this Pride Month, truly free, as I know our Black Savior intended and love ourselves as we are. Isn't that what pride is about? Let's be a beacon that shines that love outward to the world by first loving and accepting ourselves. And this Pride Month, I have a feeling, especially, it's going to be lit. Y'all, we got vaccines. We've been cooped up too long. Pride is going to be lit. It's going to get out there. Let's become these beacons together. And how does our text relate to this this morning? Let's jump in. I see a message for us today with pairing these two stories together, actually, the Hebrew Bible story of the Tower of Babel from Genesis and the story of the first arrival of the Spirit of God to the disciples in the book of Acts. Both stories involve, obviously, language and comprehension. And in some ways, this is the connection that I see this morning, both have been used alternately as a tool for white supremacy or later on Christian supremacy, supersessionists have claimed that the Pentecost tongues of fire and multiple languages bringing forth show the final end to what God began at the intervention at Babel. But I think if we look again, these two stories actually advocate and affirm God's love of diversity and the presence of God in each person. The Tower of Babel story has been called an origin story that explains perhaps the existence of many languages. Others interpret this story as and get bogged down in the name Babel and Babylon in this ancient city. I've heard this story preached most often through the lens of hubris. Hubris, excessive pride or dangerous overconfidence, preachers have said this treacherous overconfidence brought ancient peoples to the point of being checked by this insecure God. Historically, this text also has been used as a proof text that all people originated in Europe. I don't hear any mention of Europe in the text, but theorist Johann Friedrich Blumenbach you might have heard of him. He originally, he's the originator of the term Caucasian. And you probably 
have seen already that educational fun YouTube of how racist this term is, but I had to mention it, not just because Blumenberg used the Babel story to rationalize science, but also because people are still using this term. It's, it's terrible. This is now my second time of going off. That's fine. Blumenberg continued to contributed to this racism and colorism by studying skulls. And he applied this pseudoscience to identify the milky skin of people from the Caucasus region of Europe to be the most ideal, hence the term Caucasian. So let's just stop using that. But I mention it because not only is it irritating and it just happened to me yesterday on a form, but this scripture for today was shifted and manipulated for corrupt ends. So let's uncover it. Some question why such a picture of unity would be disruptive to God. Aren't, isn't everyone working together? The text says all people on the earth had one language and the same words. The, this might be a picture of unity, but maybe actually it's a picture of unanimity saying everyone has the same words implies that everyone had the same thoughts and opinions. This isn't a community working in unison. It's not a community collaborating and coming together with different opinions, but one opinion demanding uniformity and sameness. A uniformity that was fueled by anxiety, perhaps in fear of the outside world. They said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower on top of the sky so that we won't be dispersed all over the earth. One translation said, come, let's, let us build. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the whole earth. This could be a community in fear, closing themselves off from change. One theologian, Brent Strawn, noted that this towering city, this fear-produced isolationism was just the beginning of what the community could produce. Perhaps this is a nation of all people speaking one language, afraid of a big world, and therefore unable to fulfill God's command to spread and fill the earth. God's gift is the earth. Staying close and closed off was these people's solution to the dread of the outside world. This community was fearful of the huge world out there. I relate, we kind of talked about it in our breakout room just today. Yeah, today the world is a scary place as well. There are viruses, there is violence. We have been seriously traumatized in this last year, but we can't shut ourselves away in fear the walls of fear built up so high in the story that God felt it necessary to scatter people. God loves diversity and a multiplicity of ways of being. God does not benefit from groupthink and fear. The love, I love the idea that God is growing and changing with us and through our experience in this world. God wants people to be all things, not just one thing, not seeking unanimity, but inhabiting a diversity of ways of being. God loves variance. God does not want uniformity, a uniformity based on fear, especially not. 
that brings us to the Axe community, who was enclosed by fear in this upper room. As we see them in, Acts, in the beginning of Acts 2, they shut themselves up in fear, grief, mourning, despair, and heartbreak restricts this group to just a room where they await a promised yet seemingly far-fetched helper. This time, God arrives and drives them outward again, but in the form of the spirit. So exciting and powerful is this moment. Yet I must stop and say again, this, the tradition of interpreting this Pentecost text has been manipulated over the years as a way to dominate other cultures and faith systems. But we know that God loves a multiplicity of ways of being. It's Christian supremacy that takes this message of love pouring out from a person in their own language and suggests that this means everyone must be Christian somehow. This is not the way of our dear beloved Savior who met people where they were, not to convert them, but to love them. Pentecost, this beautiful moment in our history is an affirmation of the Spirit within us all as we are. It's a radical assertion that God is within us all and that our way of communicating as multiple and varied as they are, are valid and good. This Pride Month, I'll say it again, how you are is loved, is affirmed, is how you should be. Be you. You are a beacon. The Spirit arrives and lands on these people expressing themselves. Oh, yes. And when the Spirit arrives, she comes with the drama, with the theatrics, with the wind and the fire, and if I can embellish a little, the glitter and the strobe. And the community is overtaken by the power to communicate and be who they are. Tongues of fire combined with tongues of understanding and the community broke out into a cacophony of beautiful language. This eruption of comprehension and language showed God in a new way. The spirit came through each person. The spirit arrived and everyone spoke their native languages. Our faith is not exclusive, but inclusive, y'all. They expressed themselves as they had learned from their particular social location and geography. The Spirit of God met them in their difference and spoke directly to them. Then the Spirit, she enables us to understand. I like to think of this as the most important part, the understanding. The light was above their heads. They were beacons, quite literally. This is a huge affirmation of God's presence within us all. I want you to hear this today. God is in you. Spirit comes through you and your words. Be that beacon of hope still today. Remember that God loves variance, multiplicity, diversity, differentness, and spirit communicates through you. God does not want us to shut ourselves away in fear and build walls too high to keep this world out. We can experience the world and walk through fear. We can think differently and love who we want. 
we can be affirmed in our humanity and resist these historical narratives that have worked to dominate and prioritize whiteness over this beautiful heterogeneity in the world. I read this week that the most recent census has revealed the majority of youth today are non-white. Whiteness and privilege are dying, y'all. We are rooting out this toxicity and we are part of it, Park Ave. Our work to center the margin, our work to collaborate at every point, our work to affirm difference and seek understanding in each other is God's work today. We play the cards which with, with which we were dealt, and this is our hand. And we are here, we will be here to see the next round, the next round where queerness is holiness and difference is appreciated, where blackness is beauty, and where our own ways of being, different as they are, may be accepted and loved for the ways that God is in our beingness. Deep calls to deep. So whether we look at the book of Genesis or the book of Acts and see a God who affirms us in our personhood, you are a lit beacon. Go out and enjoy pride. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Thank you.